Worth the wait? Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny here, and this is another episode of Pushback. I could have gone a couple different directions uh, over the next couple weeks, but um, I did hit an important milestone in my own personal life uh, just yesterday uh, before I did this podcast. Uh, And I am very pleased to report that I have lost 50 pounds uh, over the last five months. It's been almost exactly five months. And so you can go back into the YouTube video and you can, all you have is my face, of course, but you can probably see the transition of 50 pounds lost uh, over that time period. Um, obviously, I'm very pleased about that, um, certainly feel better, but I want to I dig in deeper and I, I didn't want to, even though I've been really studying and learning about health, yes, I'm a physician, but you'd be surprised that uh, physicians tend to be more sick care than preventive care. And I want to talk about that too down the road. But I've been really studying and, and learning and researching about my own personal health. But I needed to get victory first before I felt comfortable releasing uh, this information to you. Now, is this just a public service announcement? Am I trying to sell anything? And the answer is no and no. Um, this is really about culture, which is the heart of this podcast. And I really want to dig into that today because I believe that um, overeating and obesity and uh, those measures in our society, especially in the United States, has become epidemic. And it's become really a big problem. And there are several things that are against us. And what a better place than this podcast called Pushback to talk about the cultural aspects of what is happening in our society and in our culture regarding our health and regarding the way that we take care of ourselves. And so during this podcast, I think I'm going to release several podcasts in this regard. So hopefully that we can learn together. I want to be very, very clear that as I give statistics and I talk about the things that are happening, um, that there is zero, I have zero, um, value for shame. Um, believe me, I've just was 50 pounds heavier, not too long ago. And so I get it. And I'm going to talk about my journey in my next podcast, but it's important that we look at this from a cultural standpoint, because we are here to, to set culture. And the Bible says that our bodies are our temple. Uh, The bodies are his temple in which he resides. And it's very important that we do take care of that. It's very important that we are equipped and that we are fit. I love the word fit. We talk about fit or fitness. You know that I love words if you listen to my podcast for any period of time. But to be fit means that you are actually able or fit to do what you want to do, to, to actually accomplish what is before you. You are fit for the task. 
And if you've learned nothing else from my podcast over the last three and a half years, you've learned that we are here for a reason. And so what is my goal for losing weight? What was my goal for becoming healthier? And the answer is, I want to be able to do everything that the Lord's called me to for the time period that he's put me here on this earth so that I can maximize my effectiveness while I'm here. It's a pretty big statement. It's a pretty bold statement, but I would release that over each and every one of you as well, that you are all here for a purpose and a plan. And I would like to see you fit for the task, which means we do need to get our body in shape. Now I've taught many podcasts over the last several months about our spirit and that we are, we are, our body and our flesh and our soul has died and we've been crucified with Christ and we've been raised as spirit. But while we're here on this earth, we are in this earthen vessel and we need to have our earthen vessel be equipped and able to accomplish what he's called us to do while we're here on this earth. For us to die is gain, but for us to live is Christ and where Christ lives is in us in this temple. So it's important. It's very important. So I want to just propose to you the culture as it stands today. Now, there's something called a BMI. Maybe you've heard of this. This is called a body mass index. And we as physicians use this as a, as a gauge and a marker. It's a fairly aggressive marker as far as the, the, the um, optimal health, the optimal weight for optimal health. And, and it, it factors in your height and then it factors in your weight. It is actually not segregated by sex. It is, it is uh, only a marker of body weight in regards to your height. Now, a healthy BMI is up to about 25. It's a marker when you put in these numbers, it'll give you a number, 25. When you're overweight, your BMI is between 25 and 30 generally, and 30 and above is considered obese. So when we use these markers, it gives us an idea of where we're at and also where we're at as a country. Now, I would like to talk just real briefly about the overall health effects of being overweight and obese. Now, we all know that it's generally not healthy, although I'm going to talk about that in our society as well. But it is, a, an, it is an all causes of death mortality factor. Meaning, very simply, that if you are overweight or obese, you have a higher risk of death. <laughs> That's what that means. All causes. So even if you have other diseases, it makes them worse. It causes high blood pressure, of course, high lipidemia or dyslipidemia, type 2 diabetes mellitus, which we're going to talk a lot about, coronary heart disease, stroke, even gallbladder disease, weight all affects those things. Now, if we've learned anything from our COVID experience over the last three to four years, this is what we've learned as physicians. And this just kind of blew my mind. And we're learning more and more about it as we go forward, that being even overweight, not even obese, but certainly obese, but just being overweight was an independent risk factor for COVID complications. Meaning that when somebody came into my ER and they were suffering from a respiratory process diagnosed with COVID, if they were just as their only risk factor, they didn't have high blood pressure, they didn't have dyslipidemia, they weren't diabetic, 
even if they were just overweight, and especially if they were obese, they were actually placed into a high-risk category of respiratory complications. That blows my mind, actually, because you would think that it would be emphysema or or even diabetes or anything else that would affect my immune system. We wouldn't consider necessarily being overweight and obese something that affects your immune system or, or your overall ability to breathe, but we are learning more and more about it. Enter sleep apnea. Sleep apnea often is directly related to weight or neck circumference. And so that's what we found even in COVID patients is that those with more barrel-chested people, those with bigger, thicker necks, those who were overweight and obese didn't do well. The three, the top three causes of death, according to the American Medical Association, smoking, that we can understand, lack of exercise, and overeating. Two of the three are directly related to what we put into our body and what we eat. So it is not just an adult problem, and that's certainly the case in the United States, and this has happened even just in my lifetime, there's been a dramatic change in diabetes. You know, we used to call diabetes as juvenile onset diabetes, which means you're born with it. It's a genetic issue. It's a, it's a different problem. And then we used to call it adult onset diabetes because it would develop later on when you were an adult. We don't call it that anymore. Now we just call it type 1 and type 2. Now it's called type 2 diabetes when you when it's not genetic, it's not you're born with it, it's not an autoimmune issue. It's something that's acquired through the way that we eat or our lifestyle. But because it's such an epidemic now in children, even as young as age six, we now just call it type two, type two diabetes because it is so prevalent even in our young people. But I would like to submit this phrase to you that it's not your fault. <laughs> Now, we all have choices to make, and we all have to be intentional about what we do and what we eat and how we take care of ourselves. Yes, at the end of the day, we're responsible. But our culture around us over the last four to five decades, uh, maybe I'd even go further back than that, maybe the past six to seven decades, has changed so dramatically that we are actually injected into a culture that is actually obesogenic. It's actually a culture that creates or fosters or encourages obesity. So let me tell you a story. This is just a personal story for me. My wife and I had the privilege of speaking through our family ministry in the Netherlands. So we went to Holland and, and we were downtown Amsterdam on a bus tour. And I remember this so vividly, sitting on the top of this double-decker bus in Amsterdam. Now, Amsterdam is the bicycle capital of the world. The vast majority of people who work or operate in Amsterdam or even around Holland, because it's actually quite a small country uh, in the Netherlands, actually ride bikes. It's easier. They actually accommodate bikes. They have bike lanes. Um, they, uh, they are a very active society in that respect. And it's a very congested society in Amsterdam. So riding bikes is actually the easier way to go. So I'm sitting on top of this double-decker bus in Amsterdam. And my wife and I are sitting there and I stood, I sat in that bus and I looked out over this central area, this, this sort of central square where there was the, you know, train depot and the bus depot and where we're getting on the bus and uh, sort of a industrial center. And it was right along the river. 
And I sat on top of the bus and I watched people walk by me, Dutch people. And I could not find one person that was obese. Not one. I, I looked and I looked and I scanned and I we probably sat there for probably a good five to ten minutes. And I looked and I was amazed that everybody looked fit. They looked slender. They looked healthy. Now, fast forward a couple months and we're back in Minnesota. And my wife and I and our family are at the Mall of America. Now, my daughters all went into some sort of beauty store. And so us guys, you know, after we rolled our eyes, we went and sat just in the aisle. You know how they have the the cush couches. And I sat down and I tried for about five to 10 minutes to find somebody that wasn't overweight or obese. And there were a couple children that probably doesn't count for my purposes of this story. But as the adults walked by me in this busy Mall of America um, corridor, I couldn't find anybody. And and I'm not exaggerating. I, I couldn't find anybody that wasn't at least overweight and obese. So when you look at the closer look at the U.S. numbers in adults, it's going to blow your mind. It's about 70% of United States adults are overweight or obese. And one out of three, even a little bit more than that, about 37. Actually, the the current statistic that I saw on my computer was actually 41% are considered obese according to the BMI measurements that I just shared with you. 41%. Now, just out of curiosity, I looked up the Dutch population, and guess what? It's 14% of the Dutch population are obese. We're at almost 41 to 42%. They're at 14. That's quite a bit of difference. What is the difference? The answer, in my opinion, is culture. There is a cultural difference that is happening. We live in a world that values supersized There's something about something in the American spirit that we value value. If we can get a good deal, if we know that we can buy a 32-ounce soda, but we can get a 64-ounce soda for the same price, that's very important to the American psyche. And we look at that as a really good deal, and we feel good about sucking down the 64 ounces of, of high fructose corn syrup because we got a really good deal out of it at our local convenience store. See, there is a disconnect that we are living in in our culture between the world we were designed and created to live in and the land of chaos and excess that we find ourselves in. There's a disconnect. And it requires us to be intentional and focused to actually overcome that culture, to push back. And that's what we're talking about. See, we were born... I was born in a time of unparalleled plenty and physical ease as we have labor-saving devices and we have food that is cheap and readily available. And yet we were born and created with this body that actually doesn't, isn't designed for that culture and is designed to store energy. It's a beautiful creation. 
I've spent my whole career studying the human body and I could spend the rest of my life podcasting just about the intricacy and, and glorious wonderfulness of the human body. And the way that we use and utilize energy is a remarkable thing. But we, we are in a culture of excess and we store energy in our body as fat then we are actually living outside of actually his created environment that he had for us. Now, this is important to understand, and this has especially happened since the Industrial Revolution, that the food industry is run by accountants, not dietitians. <laughs> They're run by accountants. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that accountants are sitting up in their evil lair, twiddling their fingers, wondering all the ways that they can kill us. No, they're a capitalist. We're in a capitalistic society and they're trying to make money. But their goal is to control costs. If they can control costs, lower costs mean higher profits. That's how companies work. I don't blame them for that, but we also need to have our eyes opened to what we are up against. So they can buy larger quantities. To buy larger quantities, they actually have to be able to be preserved and shipped. They buy cheaper ingredients. They buy cheap and they sell high. That's how you make money in this society. So the perfect example is something called high fructose corn syrup. It's very, very cheap, very inexpensive, and it tastes very good. And so if you can throw that into a soda versus sugar, guess what? You just controlled your costs. And the beauty of high fructose corn syrup, you might, might not be surprised, is that it is highly addictive. Some studies have actually shown that it's as highly as, as, as addictive as cocaine. It's cheap, and, it, and, and because it's addictive, it actually creates a demand. It's a double win for these companies. It costs next to nothing to put them in. It tastes great. And the consumer is hooked. What a perfect solution. It's so much easier. Um, high fructose corn syrup turns on our fat storage and opens unhealthy inflammatory pathways in our body. This has been proven and it's been shown. But again, the accountants don't care about that. They're not concerned about that. We are consumed, no pun intended, about the ease of food. It's so much easier to go to fast food versus going to a more expensive, healthy restaurant versus cooking at home. And if you are committed to cooking at home, you still have to be careful because when you go into the supermarket, it's you are confronted with so many cheap, unhealthy products. There is a, something called food science. And the food scientists manipulate our brains with high salt and fat and crunch and taste to create constant cravings, but to keep us never satisfied. And if you've ever opened a bag of potato chips, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's real. And the food scientists know that it's real. And they have, they have manipulated us so that we are never satisfied, that we're always hungry, and that we want more. And it's so stinking cheap that we can get more and we can continue to eat it. See, the food industry says that it's worth the wait. That's the pun of my title for this podcast. They see that giving you cheap, unwholesome food is worth your weight. They're not concerned about you gaining weight. They're just concerned about making profit. So this is a cultural problem and it requires intentionality to push back because it's literally killing us. 
So now we have a new battle line. And so this is just hot off the headlines. Despite the facts and the high risks, and despite what we've learned just even from COVID, our culture is starting to give up. We're starting to see the 70% demographic. And guess what? The accountants are saying that we still need to appeal to those 70%. So how do we do it? Now, we don't want to shame and neither do I, and that's not the purpose of this, but it's about what's best for us and what's healthiest for our bodies. And what I'm seeing in our culture is surrender. This week's headline is this, BMI's body mass index is considered racist. The American Medical Association, of which I am not a member, by the way, because it's highly politicized and woke is bowing to the woke mentality despite overwhelming evidence that the BMI actually guides us and directs us towards what health, what's healthy despite, despite what our race is or our nationality. And I believe when we go against medical evidence, it's just simply unacceptable. And I'm calling out the American Medical Association as a physician that that's just completely unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Now, I get that I'm not looking to shame people who are overweight or obese. I, I, that's not the point. And actually, I'm still considered overweight, by the way, because I'm not down to the 25 BMI yet. I still have not reached my goal. When you walk into Target, one of the most woke companies in the world, probably another podcast coming up, I'm, sur- I'm assuming you've heard about the billions of dollars that they've lost by going woke. All of their models now that they have up on the wall are not only overweight, but obese. Now, it doesn't mean they aren't beautiful people, and it doesn't mean that you need to have super skinny supermodels on every wall. I'm not saying that. But they're appealing to the 70% demographic that looks like them. And they're simply bowing a knee and saying, this is now the new normal. And the purpose of a pushback podcast is to say, no, I'm st- I, we have to stop the, the trajectory of our culture that says this is a new normal. And I, I'm floored that the American Medical Association wants to ride that train. We need to call it what it is. Obesity is an epidemic and it kills us. Not only kills us, but the quality of our life goes so far down that it sidelines us which is just as sad when we talk about kingdom cultural issues. So I need to sustain this new lifestyle. That is my goal. And as you continue to watch me on YouTube, you can hold me accountable. I can, I'm choosing to be real transparent with you. I started out at 245 pounds. If you go back to January and look at my podcast, that was my high watermark. My BMI was 33 which considers me to be obese. Over the last five months, I have lost 50 pounds. I'm now at 195 pounds, and my BMI is 26.4, which is still considered overweight. So my goal is 185 pounds, which gets me under the 25 mark for my BMI, which is considered normal, healthy weight. Now, you may say, well, Dr. Johnny, you're just being holier than thou. Good for you. We're so happy for you. But I've tried so many different things and it simply doesn't work. But let me tell you and let me exhort you with this one final comment. I can do now more than I could before. Plain and simple. It's just facts. 
I've most likely extended my life. It's plain and simple. It's just facts. And I have the medical data to prove it. And that's important to me. It's important to my family. It's important to my calling in my life. And that's why I do it. I want to do the things I did with my oldest children who are now in their 20s with my younger children who are in their young teens. I I want to be able to physically do those things. And this has allowed me to do that. I just feel healthier. I breathe better. I, 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 I have a better outlook on life. So in my next podcast, I want to tell you my story and my journey. Because I think you can relate to it. And I want to be super real and transparent about it. And I hope that you'll appreciate it. This is a cultural issue. And we have some things that are up against us. And I want to help you and maybe walk through some of those things that helped me. And that I walk through so that we can be healthier and we can have a healthier culture. So with that being said, let's go together now to set and shape the culture. <laughs>